Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Hello, welcome to the Port Charles 411. Today is part two of our conversation with Rob, and we did receive clarification on how to pronounce his last name. He asked his Italian grandfather years ago, he confirmed it. Rosello. So thank you so much, Rob, for letting us know exactly how to pronounce your last name. It is something that terrifies me every single time I have to say one of our fans' names, let alone their last names. I'm always so worried I'm going to mispronounce it. So I really appreciate you taking the time to send that to us. And we hope that you all enjoy part two of our chat with Rob. So, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I, I've been, because I've been thinking about this like all weekend. I'm like, all right, what am I going to talk about? And I definitely wanted to hit the reality check thing. Um, I definitely wanted to talk about the Susan Lucci movie because I had referenced it in a previous email. Um, my favorite characters, um, storylines that go nowhere, you know. Um, so what do and, you want to know more about, though? Because you're, you've only been watching for three years. So what, Ari, I know this is a monumental undertaking. You have addressed this. I would love a 411 series on Carly. Oh, that's going to take us forever. I know it's going to take we forever. We still want to do it. Yeah. Because the, the character. Around since day one. So we, even if they do somehow take down all the videos, I feel like our research, oh, we would be able to remember. Yes. So much of it. Yes. Because the character is so fascinating. Like, she is another one. You know, I know your feelings on Nina, that Nina can't get out of her own way sometimes. But, you know, Carly can't get out of her own way sometimes either. And her daughter has become, is becoming like a mini-me version. And I, I kind of love that, that they're paralleling mm-hmm. her and and Joss in that way. I mean, the whole, 
I loved her and Jason. I did, you know, I, I came in late to the game, but I was there when Sonny ended up in Nixon Falls. Um, you know, the best thing to come out of Nixon Falls was the the character of Phyllis. You know, yes. I love the character of Phyllis. I would love to see more of her on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, Carly can't get out of her own way sometimes, too. And that's what makes her so endearing is you can you can identify with like, oh, yeah, I've had those moments. Or, mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's been me. I, I, I've not known when to shut up and sit down. And, you know, so I, that's something that I would love to see more of is the, um, the story of Carly. And I don't know how you could break it up if you broke it up by actress who did it. Because I know there's been several over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it maybe. It would have to be. I don't. <laughs> it would have to almost yeah. be like storyline. Yeah. Yeah. Because like. We're going to try to do Bobby. We're going yeah. to do Bobby. I don't know. I don't think we're going to do it justice, no matter how hard we try. Maybe she was on forever. You know, I wonder, when I, when I saw the um, nurse's ball, which I love that they spent so much time on the nurse's ball, but it did feel like it was like a week. Like the, the, the nurse's ball. I felt like they highlighted Bobby. And at the time, before um, she passed, the actress passed, it seemed like they did a real interesting, like nice retrospective of, of the character of Bobby during the nurse's ball. Yes. And I'm wondering if they knew that she was struggling yeah. and they, they were paying homage to her so that she could still enjoy it. Whereas it seems like, I think it was Sonia Eddie who played Epiphany, that seemed to come out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, so I, I wonder, I mean, I got the Epiphany episode killed me. Um, I can only imagine what the, what the Bobby episode is going to be like. That's not gonna be. Good. <laughs> We're gonna need boxes of Phoenix. Oh, yeah. I, I absolutely agree. I think that I think Jackie probably knew that her time was coming, and or even if she didn't know that her time was coming, that she was feeling the effects of trying to fight it and yeah. wasn't going to be able to perform. To yeah, kind of like I mean, we're Monica, you know, and right. We hear about her a lot, but Jack, you know. Like, I thought it was brilliant the way that they had her call in during the end of, like, when Liz was in the chapel. I thought that was brilliant of them to do that because we still, because the my question, too, was, like, where's Monica? Like, Monica should be yeah. here for that. And the right. fact that Monica called in and we got to hear Monica, mm-hmm. I thought was great. And it was Leslie Charlson. And it was, yes. and I think that they learned the hard way when they recast her when Leslie broke her wrist. I think that's when it was. The woman they replaced her with. No, we can't ever do that again (laughs) because it was just not good. I always feel bad for the Brianna Lane was the Brooklyn that you were introduced to. I really liked her. I thought she was an excellent recast. I love that they brought her back. That was brilliant. I thought that was brilliant to bring her back for that one little bit. And I'm like, perfect. That's a nice nod. And I love that she got recognized. I think with like what a special guest um, Emmy Award nomination. I think special, so, yeah. Something. Yeah, I thought that was really great because she was good. Yeah, she was good. But I think she was good because she found a way to make it her own, but still follow how Brooklyn acted. Yeah. Whenever they had the Monica replacement, it was just too forced. Like she yeah. was trying to fit in that box. Yeah. You know, you know something that I would also like to. Um, I don't know if this would be an easy thing. I I find it very. Um, 
I find it really cool that they top, they tackle all these hard topics like HIV and AIDS and the nurses ball is built around that. I also find that because as part of the Alan Quartermain um, epic was his whole addiction. And I think that when they do show recovery in the show, they do a good job with it. I would like to see more of it. Like I love when they have the, um, the recovery meetings in the hospital. Cause that's the thing. Mm-hmm. If it's not in a church basement, very often it's in a medical center or something. Mm-hmm. And to see Alexis there and Finn and Curtis there um, in the circle, you know, do just little details that like that. I would love to maybe hear where where else recovery has appeared in General Hospital. And I would like to, I would love to see more of that um, because like with the special needs children, how they have taken the time to really address that and build like a storyline around it. Mm-hmm. I think their handling of recovery has been really good and key. And um, I said to my husband, there's only been a couple shows that I've seen on TV that have handled that really well. Like Nashville, which was an ABC show did it really well because the character. Oh. <laughs> Jonathan Jackson was lucky. Okay. <laughs> I am embarrassed to admit. So I just came in well after the lucky period, oh, yeah. but I watched Nashville from start to finish. And it wasn't until you guys said something and then they announced online that there was going to be a tour mm-hmm. of the UK of some of the Nashville stars. And I, I put two and two together and I saw these pictures side by side. I'm like, oh, my God, that was lucky. And I'm like, <laughs> and I watched him throughout all of Nashville. Mm-hmm. And um, but Nashville with Deacon from the very yes, beginning, they yes. did a great job. And it wasn't a stereotypical, you know, AA storyline or they didn't mock it they did a really good job and it makes sense that abc also you know is general hospital so i'd like to know more about how recovery has been handled in in general hospital over the years and you know writers if you're listening i'd love to see more of that you know um and also to that point it just occurred to me that willow should seriously be in hardcore therapy because of she should be everyone handles it differently Mm-hmm. But I would imagine it would be really difficult to find out that the baby you gave birth to passed away that you never got to know you've been, and now you're adopting this baby. And yes, like they went to the, they went to Jonah's grave, you know, and, but I would love to see the struggle she has with all of that because yes, she actively gave away her baby to protect it from Shiloh and this, that, and the other. Oh, you would have been after Shiloh too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was a cult leader. Dawn of Day oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. was very much like Nexium. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. We should see her. And I think that that would actually probably be a really good way for her and Nina to connect is if they did do some kind of like a grief support group, because that's actually where she met Michael was sitting outside of it. And they never, ever mentioned it again. Like they talked about the fact that they went to this group a couple times. How is that still not... I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm like lifelong therapy. So good for her. if She's been able to grow out of it, but I would imagine, especially just having another, I was going to say having baby Amelia should have triggered her to have some type of feelings. Well, I think what will be interesting is to watch Willow now that she's on the bend, we Mm -hmm. hope um, what that life beyond post cancer is going to be like. Um, Because technically I guess she'll be in remission because you're not cancer free. I think for five, you're in remission for a number of years and then you're declared cancer free. So in that remission period, once she's back home, life is back to normal as much as it can be in Port Charles. And um, what then when she's suddenly 
not dealing with these life and death situations, then everything sort of settles down. You know, how does that affect her? You know? Well, yeah, because right now she's just on adrenaline and going and going. But then you're right. I mean, she's finally going to have time to break down. Mm-hmm. And like Sasha, I, I think the way that they handled it, I agree with you guys. After a while, it was like, OK, give Sasha a break. Just give her yeah. a five minute break to like catch her breath. Let us catch our breath. And I think she seems to be now on the upswing. Mm-hmm. But some of those moments, I really love um, the character of Sasha, the actress who plays her. Um She's funny, and yet she can break your heart. And, you know, her addiction as well was an interesting storyline to touch on, you know, and how all-consuming it was and the poor choices you can make. Like, she made some really bad choices, and that was a yell-at-the-TV moment. Right. But when it, you know, when it happens, what can you do? You know, you, yeah, but they haven't really, I mean, she's talked about it, but we don't see her going to meetings. We don't see yeah. her doing those things. So like, is that in her future? Is she going to join that group at the hospital? Why hasn't she been doing that? And they're missing an opportunity with Gladys and the gambling addiction Yeah, because yeah. they're making her seem like she she's just addiction? a bad person instead of, I think she doesn't, if you're $80,000 in debt on one game or whatever that was. I, I agree that that is a big problem, but I wasn't picking up on Gladys having a gambling addiction. I think she has a gambling addiction. I would say it's an, it's addictive behavior because she realizes it's wrong. She knows that she should do it. And yet all Wu has to, Ms. Wu has to say is, you know, there's a seat at the table. Right. And suddenly she's like, I can change. And it's, it's, addic- it's addict behavior. It's just, it's yeah. not a substance. It's a, an activity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But because everyone already doesn't want to like Gladys, I feel like they're not honing in on that storyline the way that they could. It's like, oh, she's just spending Sasha's money because she's a bad person. Gladys is one of those that I want to like her. Like, I want to like Gladys. Like, I want to like her because she's a little rough around the edges and I kind of like that. But another one, I'm like, oh, just when you think you're on solid ground, Mm -hmm. Gladys does something and you're like, oh. I think she was getting into the gambling just because she was kind of being forced to. I don't see her actually enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Like that's, that's just what I'm thinking. Cause like, I feel like she doesn't want to be doing it, but Ms. Wu's kind of, you're right. Like there's a seat at the table, but I think there's I a certain thrill for her. Like, it seems like when she goes into the game, there's a certain thrill. Cause she's okay. playing with the high society people, okay. the high rollers that she would have not been able to play with before. But that's also been her whole thing ever since she came to Port Charles. She was like, you're leading this glamorous life and I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it would be interesting if they rolled it into her having. So maybe once Ms. Wu somehow releases her, she then is like, wait, I missed that. Then that would be uncovering like the addiction part. Right. Uh, another thing that would be kind of fun, because I've seen clips, I've gone and seen clips online, uh, like the top 10 fights on General Hospital. <laughs> like there was a moment where I think it was Carly said to Sam, you don't want to know what it's like to lose a child. And Sam went, Whack. And I'm like, mm, baby uh, Lila, she sure does. Yeah, I think like, I put a poll out for that one time. And I think that it was mostly Carly <laughs> getting hit. Um, yeah. Because it was also Liz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Good one, though. Oh, it was. 
because that's when we were doing the wrestling yeah. crossover. We put oh, out right, yes. your favorite. Yes. I'm like, I know that we saw this. Yeah. Yeah. Because there have been some good, some good fights. Yeah. <laughs> Nell and Willow were a good one. Yes. Yeah. Do you think Willow's dead, or do you think that Nell is dead? I really don't know. Okay. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Identified the body, but never came back and said, yep, it was. Like, we saw Peter August going into the bag. We saw Victor Cassidyne. Right. You know, but yeah, we didn't see Nell. And, you know, I had such a little time with Nell. I saw some of the clips of Nell. And again, it was, you know, Carly slapping Nell, but like some of the clips of Carly and Nell going at it, you know. So yeah, I was there for the whole her falling off the cliff and Carly not knowing what to do and, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the mystery of the locket, the whole tracking down the jeweler who, who made the locket. I, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like little things like that that I really liked. You know, those little bits of mystery. Kind of took a shift too. Like, I feel at least that that changed from where we were originally going mm-hmm. to where we are now, where it was both girls had. That was an interesting twist. Yeah. 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 And if I'm not mistaken, Donna Mills played Madeline, correct? Yes. Donna Mills from Knott's Landing and Mm -hmm. another, and it was interesting that you would have daytime people who would then leave their daytime careers, make it big on nighttime or movies. And then you would occasionally now, once the the eighties and nineties soaps died away, you had the migration of some of the nighttime soap people showing up on daytime, which I always thought was really great. Well, I mean, John Stamos got his start in General Hospital. As Blackie, yeah. Yep. We are going to do an entire series probably <laughs> on who got their start. We actually have, um, I think I only, I don't know. I, I got through most of the cast list and I only probably only have like 50 names to go through. Everyone that has been on both Desperate Housewives and General Hospital. Oh, there's a ton. Yep. It's a ton. Yeah. So, and I was a, a huge I start to finish Desperate Housewives fan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's been talk and chatter about a reboot, and I'm I don't like, want one. No, I don't want. One. No, I do. I, oh, I, I do. do. Oh, I do. I'm gonna have faith. Looking at you and just like that, I'm gonna have Sorry. faith. <laughs> oh, I already have an idea. Like I always said, if they were to do it, because I didn't like the way it ended. I didn't like no. just Housewives ended, and it made it seem like there was definitely no way they were going to do a reunion or a reboot or anything, but. You know how TV works. They can always rewrite things. Right. You know. Well, you didn't but, like how it ended. I liked the last episode. I liked seeing everyone except for Edie. Uh, well, I love I loved me some Nicole, uh, Nicolette Sheridan. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that, and that, that was unfortunate that she was there. But I love that. What I didn't like where they said this was the last time that they were ever together. And yeah. that part of it I didn't like. I loved when Susan drove around and they were all in white. And um, that I thought was a very fitting way for Desperate Housewives to end. But yeah. Um, oh yeah, I, I would love to see Desperate Housewives to come back. I even I watched Devious Maze. See everyone go their separate ways, and it's like you guys just spent twenty years, 20 together, years and together, and you're not going to exchange gonna numbers, <laughs> right? Yeah, you're never going to see each other again. <laughs> but then, I, then the idea is, what would be the event that would bring them all back? What would be the reason okay. that they would all come back? So my idea. Because, you know, the writing mind constantly goes, somebody decides they're going to film a series called Wisteria Lane, and they are filming it on location, and all of the originals come back because they're trying to dig up dirt 
about one of the scandals that happened. So what happens is Susan meets the actress playing her, Lynette meets the actress playing her, Brie meets the actress playing her, and it becomes this, you know, mystery within the show. That's the way, that's what would bring them all back. Or I like the death that. of I one of the characters. That. Yeah. Ooh. It should be him to be a writer on this. Please? It should be John that brings it back. That like does everything because he was younger. Like I'm yes. sleeping with a married woman, blah, blah, blah. When he yeah. was underage. Well, that's but, the like, thing is the mystery is who wrote the script. It's based on a book that was written anonymously or something or a TV pilot. And they can't. They, oh. It could be any of them. It could be Zach. Yeah. It could be one of the twins. It could be John. It could be Susan's daughter. It could be anybody who wrote the script that this is based on. So there's that mystery. And Julie's okay. daughter. It could be like, I heard these stories about my grandma. Maybe Julie's daughter will start a podcast. Maybe it won't be a TV show, but it'll be a podcast. So she'll be like, I heard these stories about my mom's street or my grandma's street and I need to find out. And yeah. oh, I love, I love your idea. I would like the show aspect of it though, because you have to have Brie being no, 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 no. This is how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the sort of thing that goes in my, on in my head. I'm like, you know, and the same thing with, with um, general hospital. I'm like, if they would only do this, or if this would only happen, or if this character came back, they could do X, Y, and Z, you know, yeah. those sort of things. Well, like there's a character from all my children that I have to research that, I mean, it's been all over the place. This is not a spoiler. There is, there's somebody coming from all my yes, children to general that. hospital that I have no idea who they are. Yet we, when we did the Anna Alex. You do know who he is, but go ahead. But I don't <laughs> I didn't focus in on him. You did, though, but go ahead. Did I? Yes, it was the person that you said you had a crush on because he had the daughter. <gasps> yeah, wow. see? You know who it is. <laughs> yeah. It's not autistic. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. And, you know, and, well, and this I is sort of... focusing on Anna and Alex. Yeah, I saw that too. I saw the uh, the the thing about him coming back or, or coming into um, Port Charles. But David uh, should be... In Port Charles. I did not know that. And it took me forever. And when I finally realized it, I'm like, I'm an idiot. When um, the guy who played who played Franco and is now playing. Um, Austin. Who? Austin. Austin. Yes. That he was Todd. On, yeah. On with the long hair. Yep. I knew him with the long hair when he was with Blair. On yep. that. And, 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 and I kept yes. watching him and I'm like. Why does he look so familiar? Why? And then he didn't have the scar. That's why you didn't recognize. That's exactly it. <laughs> yep. And he had the long shoulder length blonde hair. And then I finally, somewhere online, someone put a picture up and I'm like, that's why he looks familiar. Yeah. You need to watch when one life to live came to general hospital. Yes. Oh yeah. Cause you yeah. missed, that was 10 years ago. Yeah. That was oh, okay. Was yeah. it right when one life to live was ending? Uh, what a month after it ended it was a month a or two after, after it yeah. ended star Todd because I didn't know these people I mean I knew who yeah. they were so good and John McBain came they were the three that stayed that's when Cole and Hope the baby mm-hmm. baby was Hope mm-hmm. because that's kind of what triggered the lawsuit wasn't it because the producers of One Life to Live wanted to open it back up online and they sued General Hospital oh. for like killing off characters that oh they said like they basically had like no right to be killing off because mm-hmm. they killed off that's how 
Star wound up in Port Charles. She was in the car accident. Todd came. Mm-hmm. Why did John come? I don't know, but we have Michael. He's had with the baby whenever they did the one swap. They had a yeah, lot of shoes. John got from. here before that. I can't remember exactly Maybe. what. But yeah, so for what? A, a very short period of time, though. But um, John McBain and Sam were together. Mm-hmm. That was so they good. They were so good together. But that was because on Port Charles, John McBain, go listen to our six personalities of <laughs> oh, Michael geez. Easton episode. Yes. Okay. There's two of them because um, he's been six different characters on the show. John McBain's character, one of the characters that he played on Port Charles was with Kelly Monaco's character oh. on there. So it's almost like they kind of reconnected mm-hmm. those two together, but with different characters. But John McBain and Sam were amazing together. Right. I loved them. I w- and Carly was with Todd. Yeah. Yes, that I knew. Yes. And that was how they reintroduced it was Lucy seeing him and being like, oh, my God, Caleb, the vampire, and yelling at Sam, Libby, you have to get away from him. And her being like, what are you talking about? But then that kid Rafe came over and he was actually a character from Fort Charles. Yeah, I never watched Port Charles. I did not either. Mm. And I love that they teased when they went on the Home and Hearth Network and they teased Erica Kane's name. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, is she coming on? I, and then when they brought <laughs> when they brought Sasha back and they were trying to mess her up with the with the thing in the earpiece, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, now now Erica Kane, this would be perfect for Erica Kane to come on. Nothing. No. Nothing. <laughs> okay, so as. I obviously know who Erica Kane is. I mean, that's like someone who's never watched General Hospital knows yeah. who Luke and Laura are. So I'm imagining in my head, just based on what you just said. So like, she'd be like the top producer, the pop, top head honcho for the Home and Heart channel. Would she have been in favor of what Morgan Fairchild was doing or not? And would have fought her about how dare you do this to this poor girl? What kind of I, I think she would have fought. Yeah. I think, I don't think she would have liked it because she's a mother. Right. And she had all the struggles with her daughter as well. Mm-hmm. So okay. I think that is what she wouldn't approve of. If it wasn't about a baby or a child, then right. maybe. But okay. I think yeah. I think because it involved a child and she herself as a mother. Yep. Okay. Yep. Because the character of Eric Kane was all over the place, but first and foremost, she was always very sensitive when it came to her daughter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for yes. that. You're welcome. And then she had a crazy daughter, too, because she had Bianca that was her daughter that she would do anything for. And then she had Kendall that came along that was insane. Yeah. And that was great. I loved Kendall. (laughs) So I have to just go find all my children and watch it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
And, you know, it's, I, I feel so sad that the, the legacy of soap operas is so long and rich, like I said, goes all the way back to the radio days in some cases. And while Guiding Light was the one that survived, there were several that did start on the radio and then moved on to television. I think Edge of Night might have as well. I could be wrong on that one. But at one point, there were like 12 or 13 daytime soap operas across the three networks. Mm -hmm. And it was literally all day long. And then slowly they started dropping and then the big one started and it was like a free for all. And it's a part of television history that once it's gone, it feels like it, it can't come back. And the fact that we still have four, I loved what days of our lives. I mean, it's been decades since I watched days of our lives, but when they did the, the, the little companion series about Salem, I thought that was really cool that there was enough interest still and enough financial interest to sort of spread the wings a little bit. And, um, you know, do I think we're going to get another daytime soap anytime soon? Probably not, you know, and they've often said <laughs> that American soaps should have followed the, the, the Latin countries where the novellas were limited, but what you would do is you would use the same actors over and over again, but with different stories. Mm. So, um, yeah, I just hope that the big four that are still around hold on for a while and they, they've all been, you know, I think Bold and the Beautiful is the youngest of the group, and that's 30-plus years. Yeah. All their episodes are on Paramount? Yeah. Whichever one owns Paramount the Plus, yeah. But yeah. there's a couple seasons missing, and I think that that's probably what we're running into with not being able to do that with General Hospital, because if there was, like, a character or something during that time, that either the actor or... There must be something with rights in that season that is just not mm. available that they're not allowed to and i yeah. wonder if that's part of what could potentially be the problem with general hospital right i mean come on we are 60 years old at this point like there should be get over it you yeah. know <laughs> just let them do it now <laughs> and i'm also i hope that you know, we hit April 1st. And there was a lot of hoopla around April 1st and the nurses ball and the 60th anniversary. And they did the big photo shoot and all those interviews, which was great given who they, you know, they lost in the cast when they lost Bobby, that they have those interviews with her. But I hope that they continue to have plans for the whole year for the 60th anniversary. I know that the writer strike was an unexpected glitch in things, mm-hmm. um, but I really hope that there's more celebration of that 60th. It seems like we can kind of slowed down on that. Because there for a while, they were constantly referencing things and right. flashbacks. I'd like to see more of that. Yeah. So Tracy's still around. So that means something is still coming. Because yeah. as you know, Tracy Great. is not, she used to be on all the time, but then she left. And, and then now, she would come back at Christmas time, it seems. Right. right. But now that she's back now, like, there's a reason. My concern is that I was reading something about how even if they have stockpiled scripts, they can't change it because of the writer strike. Yes. And what if Bobby's in them? Like, are they allowed to fully remove? Like once they get to that point where we have scenes with Bobby again, I feel like they're going to have to stop because stuff has to be rewritten. If she was supposed to be in the scene, if it was even supposed to be talking about her, Yeah. you know, well, talking about her, I guess they don't have to, but having her actively involved, in something, I don't know how they're going to do that. Right. I mean, we don't know what they've done because she hasn't yeah. been consistently on screen for a long time. So they could go months without right. her being on. Especially if they were projecting that she wasn't going to be right. available. Right. So, yeah, they might have they might have taken that in consideration. And that's yeah. why, like I said, I think they were so um, 
so wonderful in their 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 homage to her during the nurses' ball. Maybe they knew that there was going to be a period where, not expecting that she would pass, but maybe that they wouldn't be we wouldn't be using her as much. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's so. that could hold us a little bit, but yeah. We could talk forever. I want to talk about Nashville and Desperate Housewives. Oh my gosh. Those two, like, um, what was funny was it was right as Desperate Housewives was ending that revenge started. And I loved revenge. And it was, um, I love the mystery of it. I love Madeline Stowe and the character of Victoria Grayson and the whole idea of it. And Desperate Housewives and Revenge overlapped for one season. Then as Desperate Housewives ended, Revenge ended on this big cliffhanger. Then they announced they were doing um, Nashville. And I'm a country music fan. I'm a Connie Britton fan. And Mm -hmm. that's all you needed to tell me. And soap opera? I'm like, I am there. And I followed it. I got the CMT channel when they moved it off of ABC and they moved it off the cable. Um, My husband was really funny. He was with me the whole ride of watching Nashville when they, when Raina James got killed off. And that's not a spoiler because it's been off the air for years. Right. He was like, I'm not watching it anymore. He was done. I'm oh. like, are you sure you don't? He's like, nope. They killed off Connie Britton. I'm done. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Did he yeah. eventually ever finish it or did he just? They did. Wait? No, they, they wrapped it up. No, no, no. But it was, no, no, they did. Did your husband go back and? No. No, he's. He, he, <laughs> he, he, he he's to his guns. <laughs> and I would say to him, I'm like, it's the last couple episodes. He's like, nope. As soon as they killed her, he watched the funeral episode, which is the beginning of the next season, and he's like, I'm done. Oh, that's funny. It probably had to do with the amount of crying he did when um, when they <laughs> did that goodbye in the hospital. He was like, nope, can't. <laughs> yeah. I think, so we're both country fans also, but I think it was definitely seeing Jonathan Jackson. We're like, oh, yes. he's doing like, something big because he still does some stuff. Like He has a band and things like that, but mm-hmm. I feel like that was the first real big mm-hmm. thing that he had done at least definitely series wise. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's good. <laughs> and to me, not knowing, not knowing, just thinking that, you know, it was him and him and Juliet, you know, mm-hmm. Juliet Barnes. And then literally it's been within the past year that I finally put two and two together. And I'm like, how could I not know? To I'm be like, fair though, he didn't really look like that for too much of the time that he was on general hospital. Like right. he was a little kid when he came on. Yeah. And then when he came back later, he had very short hair. So, I mean, on Nashville, his hair was longer. Yeah. The last time he was on, he had the longer hair. But I think that was during his Nashville time, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Because that was to say goodbye to Luke. Right. But for the most part, his hair was always shorter. Yeah. I don't know. He's a good guy. Mm -hmm. So, and and then um, when Desperate Housewives ended, I also was a fan of Mark Cherry, who created Desperate Housewives. So when he did the jump with Devious Maids, I was Yes. Yes. I'm sitting here. Did you hear me? (laughs) Because the woman who is, I forget her name, um, that was the lead in Devious Maids, she was also on Ugly Betty. She played the sister on Ugly Betty. Mm -hmm. And um, I loved her from Ugly Betty. So when she was on Devious Maids, it was another one of those, okay, A plus B equals, of course I'm going to watch it. You know? Right. Yep. So yeah. So I, all of them, all, all, all of them, but it all goes back to my first soap opera was Dark Shadows, you know? I've never watched that. Uh-uh. Oh, it's, when you look at it now, you're like, are, were all soap operas this bad? Like, you could see the boom mic shadow, you could see people running in the back who were accidentally caught up, because some of them were still filmed live at that point. 
And so, you know, um, the woman, I think her name was Elizabeth Bennett, was a big movie star who played the matriarch of the family, reading off the cue cards. You could see her being like this. You know, it was just all these campy things. And then the storylines, you know, the, the special effects, because it was the whole vampire storyline. Look at it now, and you're like, oh, my God. But I was hooked. Yeah. I was hooked. I'll have to check that out. Did you watch Why Women Kill? Yes. 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 Okay. So I binged that. um, I want to say it was two summers ago. The first season had just ended and they were coming on with the second season. I'd seen all these advertisements and I'm like, all right, I'll binge the first season. And I had just had my wisdom tooth taken out. So I had some downtime. It was like a thousand degrees out and I'm sitting there with a mouthful of cotton and I'm like, "Mm." and I turned it on. That scene where it was the three women from the different time periods all in the windows of the house. And I literally was like, (gasps) I was up to like midnight that night binging that. And (laughs) I am, it was one of those that when it ended, that season ended, I was like, oh, I want more. And then luckily the new season had just started. Um, But it's stuff like that when the past overlaps with the present and then Mm -hmm. they bring it all together. And that moment visually of seeing all the women from the sixties and the eighties and then the present day all in the same house. Yeah. That to me was brilliant. You know, So did you read the book, the hours and see the movie? Absolutely. And I lived in Provincetown when it came out and the author, Michael Cunningham also lived there. So, In amongst my time at spending in New York and here in the Philly area, I lived for four years on Provincetown, which is there at the end of Cape Cod. Yeah. And Michael Cunningham um, lives there. He has, a, I think, a summer home there. But um, I was living there when the hours came out. So, yes. Oh, that's amazing. Because I love that they referenced what we know of Virginia Woolf's real life. Mm-hmm. Plus, as she was writing Mrs. Dalloway and then telling Mrs. Dalloway and then talking about, I mean, it was just. I don't want to give too much away, but like at the end, I was like, how did I not put that together? <laughs> well, there's the moments like in the opening credits, and this isn't giving anything away with the flowers, mm-hmm. the way that the one bought the flowers and then put it in the vase. And it was the movement of the time periods. Uh, PBS um, has a series of live at the Met. So they'll show operas and things. There was a production that was commissioned for the Met of the hours and opera version. And, you know, anytime, Nowadays, when they say, oh, it's a musical version of this movie or a musical version of the, or an opera version of this, I'm always like, do we need that? How is Mrs. Doubtfire a musical right now? I'm that. sorry. I saw that and I was like. I, I have a lot of opinions as a theater queen <laughs> okay. myself. So, yes, I have, I have a lot of opinions when it comes to certain shows, but I will be watching the Tony Awards tonight, um, you know, when it when it airs. But the hours, the Met did the hours. And one of the opening numbers, I think, is called The Flowers. And it shows it, it does operatically and visually what the beginning of the film does. So if you ever want to check that out, if you like The Hours, the movie, check it out on PBS, um, the, yeah. the opera that was done in the Met. And Christine Baranski hosts the evening. So okay. she does an intro backstage. And I think she does an intro, you know, a discussion at intermission. So the opera version of The Hours was really amazing looking. Well, the um, soundtrack and, to that was such an important part of the movie, too. So I could definitely see how that could translate into. Plus, the story is very grand and operatic and tragic yeah. in certain ways. So it fits that opera format really well as well. And, you know, the same thing with soap operas. They're called soap operas for a reason. You know, <laughs> the soap part being a nod to the advertisers in the early days of radio and television. And the fact that some of these stories are so tragic on like a Shakespearean operatic level. You know, 
as much as we don't like Nina, and I hate keeping going back to her, sometimes she is the tragic heroine that you're like, you see in an opera and you're like, why did you do that? We know that this will come to no good. But, you know, Lady Macbeth still does the Lady Macbeth stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, we could start like three other podcasts talking to you right now. (laughs) And, you know, the reason I know, and a full disclosure too, the reason I know so much about the history of soaps and all that, when I wrote that The Broken Hollow Banshee is the name of the show, the four-part radio drama, I do something in theater called dramaturgy. And dramaturgy is an art form that's about 150 years old. It's German in origin. And it's a research designer for theater. So before a play goes into a production, a dramaturg sometimes will be hired as part of the team. And he or she will do all the research. And then we'll have a presentation that will be given to the actors, directors, and designers to give them an idea of the background of the show, the time period in which it was set, uh, analyzes all the vocabulary in the show, any references, provides mood boards, provides a history of the genre. So when I was in graduate school, we had to take it as a course. I went to uh, Villanova for grad school in theater. It was a two-semester course. Hated the course. Hated the course. Did not do well in it. And now it seems I, I'm the go-to person in this area when some people will say, hey, we need a dramaturgical file. Would you mind doing research on the show? So when I do a research on a show, I do a deep dive into everything that's connected with it. So, for example, um, I did uh, Rabbit Hole, written by David Lindsay Abair. Um, Cynthia Nixon won a Tony Award on Broadway for it. Um, I did a deep dive into David Lindsay Bear's history, the evolution of the show, the film version with Nicole Kidman, um, the Broadway production, regional productions, the idea of what it means to lose a child, because that's the theme of the show. So I do all this deep dive research. So for me, I geek out on the research aspect of it. You know, so like when you guys, some of the 411s that you do are really dramaturgical research, like giving us the history of Castadine <laughs> Island. I, I, I was there like six o'clock one day for waiting for the train to go to work. And I'm like half awake and I'm listening to the, the history of Castadine Island. And I'm like, yes, I'm like, this is amazing <laughs> because it's just stuff that you might not need to know, but it fills out a bigger, a broader picture for you exactly. and fleshes things out. So dramaturgy and theater, not all theaters utilize that. And a lot of people don't know what it is, but I always say it's the research designer. And I begin the process that others then pick up and run with. And as a playwright, I do a certain amount of research whenever I write a play. So like when I wrote the broken hollow Banshee, it's about Banshees. I did all this research in the legend of Banshees come to find out that Ireland, they are very specific to Ireland. Like, a lot of ghost stories or a lot of myths that you come across. Every culture has a version of Pandora or every culture has a version of this. Whereas Banshee, it is limited to Ireland. Not even the United States has a version of it. So then I became fascinated with the idea, well, what happens if you bring an Irish Banshee to the United States? Then what happens? You know, so that's how I got the idea for Broken Hollow Banshee. But I, I love doing the research. The little people? What's that? Did you watch Darby O'Gill and the Little People? Yes, absolutely. That's and one when of my I movie, growing up, I watched that over and over and over again. And yeah, I love that. I so. love a Sean Connery then, mm-hmm. and um, that Banshee scared the heck out of me. Everything you needed to know, you learned from Disney movies growing up, and not just the animated ones. The ones from like the sixties and seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's one 
I think it's called Broken Glass or Shattered Glass about a little ghost girl, and it's in a southern plantation. It's very difficult to find, but I remember it making an impact on me because it's a little boy that lives on a plantation in modern day, and he becomes friends with this little girl who somehow or another died on the plantation as a child, and it's her ghost that's trying to get a message to him. And it's really oh, sweet in a Disney kind of way. Yeah. But it's hard to find. But I love that mystery of the past and the present overlapping. Yeah. That just reminded me of a movie. I haven't thought about this in years, but it was called a friendship in Vienna. And Mm -hmm. it was about the Holocaust and Mm -hmm. two little girls that were friends. And one was Jewish and was, you know, going through, they did used to have really good educational. (laughs) I mean, like, it taught you a lot about the world. And this is something I kind of argue with, with my kids. I'm like, you guys have so much access to Mm -hmm. so many things that you don't go beyond what you're, you're given, you know, and right. they don't make movies like that anymore that also give the historical aspect of things. And they did it in such a way where it wasn't like, oh, I'm being lectured about history. It was just right. seamlessly built in. And then you, then you all of a sudden walk away from it and be like, oh, wow, I learned a bunch. Like mm-hmm. the movie Candle Shoe. I love that growing up with Jodie Foster and Helen Hayes, where it's very much a, it's very much a Nina and, and her baby sort of scenario. This old woman, Helen Hayes, has this estate and her granddaughter disappeared and was kidnapped as a child. And she's been searching for the granddaughter. So these thieves find Jodie Foster, who's a teenager, groom her to become the granddaughter and send her to the estate of Candleshoe with all this information as to how um, to try and like, can, can, you know, um, scheme with the old woman and steal the fortune. What she ends up doing is falling in love with this woman as like a grandmother and says to these crooks, I can't do this. And it's Jodie Foster at her teenage best, mm-hmm. you know, but you learn all about English estates and about, you know, and it's a mystery again. So, yeah, I think a, a lot of times when I teach students, I've taught on a college level, like I had said before, they'll say, well, that's before my time. And I'm like, you know what? The Wizard of Oz is before everybody's time. And we all seem to know that pretty well. So it's just a matter of having the desire or the motivation to research something. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I was in high school and one night I was going to bed and I I had a TV in my room, real small TV in my room. And at that point they were still showing old movies at 1130 after the news and um, Sunset Boulevard came on. And I remember seeing that and being like, I've heard this is a really good movie. I guess I should watch it. Well, two hours later, I was like dead tired, but fascinated. And because I sought those things out. And that's also probably why I teach film history now and theater history, because I want to know more. And to your point, there is so much access now that there wasn't before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so do you have anything? Sorry, I just kind of nerded uh, out. No, no, you're good. You're good. I feel we like I've been rambling on. on so okay. I, hope it's not, I, hope, I feel like I've been rambling on, so I hope it's not. I hope some of that made some sort of sense in all of our discussions. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay, good. Good, good. All right. Amanda needs to get wrapping up, though. Okay. Not just Amanda, but I mean, it's like, no. I mean, it's, <laughs> I could talk for 10 hours, yes. but <laughs> my kids need picked up. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. they're, they're, <laughs> they got legs. No. <laughs> I don't know where they are. They have legs. <laughs> Happy Pride Month. Yeah, this last one, we're going to, oh, we have to talk again. Yes, we definitely. Oh, that would be great. I would love that. I had so much fun. And as I was waiting for this to come up, I'm like, oh, I want to talk about this. Don't forget. I actually have a bunch of 
post-it notes that I wrote notes on. Um, Like I wrote the Susan Lucci movie on one. I wrote the guiding light information on one just so I didn't forget it because I definitely want to make sure it made its way because I knew which characters I wanted to talk about, of course. But um, yeah, but there were other things I was, I post-its everywhere. (laughs) Oh, awesome. Well, that's, this is the, my notes that I reference every (laughs) week is my clipboard. Nice. Well, thank, thank you, you for so the invite much. and inviting yeah. me in and from the other side of the state. <laughs> thank you so much. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was going to say you're not even that far away. Right. Kind of. Pennsylvania is a bigger state than most people think it is. Most people realize. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but it'll be so fun to get together sometime yeah. too. Yes. I would love that. I would I'm going to definitely check out your uh, Broken Hollow Banshee though. That sounds fun. Yeah. Yes. I will. So, well, I have your email. So I, what I'll do is I'll send the R5 link to you and then on there that you can find all the episodes as well as some of my other stuff on there and awesome. some of the other things we've done. You also get to hear me in addition to writing for the, for the website. I've also acted in a couple of them. So you'll get to hear some of that as well. Oh, oh awesome. Thank you so much. This yes. was so much oh my God, fun. Thank you. Well worth the wait. So no, thank you. great. <laughs> Glad to hear. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon though. We'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Bye. 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 I have so much that I need to watch now. I know. I know. I saw you kind of taking notes and I was like, well, I'll just text her later and be like, hey, what's all that stuff we should watch? Because have you ever watched The Hours? I have not. So I read the book when it first came out and then the movie came out. And typically I am. I'm sorry. I'm that person that the book is typically better than the movie. Oh, absolutely. But sometimes they really mess up the movie or miniseries and it's not anything like it the hours is probably one of the best i would say the hours and the help yeah are probably two of the best adaptations of a book and it's nicole kidman meryl streep julianne moore uh richard harris i mean that's an awesome john cast, c so. riley who fun fact general hospital tie he had yes. to add the c into his name because of john riley who was sean donnelly yes um but it's it, it's really really good so i'm really excited to watch it on to find it and see what the Met did as an opera. Right. But oh, thank you for clarifying who the heck that guy is that's coming to General Hospital that I yes, do know from all my yes, children. Yes, that's why I was like, you know him, you liked him. But I also watched a lot. I know, but I remember you specifically being like, oh my gosh, the other character I love. Oh, okay. That makes so much sense. Okay. So. But I love the fact that, first of all, he watched it for the first time right before we lost right? it. Right? Right? Like, that and was, he was crazy. dedicated to finding out more. That was crazy for him to be like, no, I didn't see that. But I listened to you guys, or I did a deep dive on my own. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. He's the one who should be doing a 411 for us. Yes. I learned a new job that I should have. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, as soon as he started talking about that, right. I'm like, like that's, wait, that's, I'm like, that's a job. Already. That's a job. I'm like, that's what, that's what the four one ones are. Okay. Yes. Dermatology. No, not dermatology. No, not dermatology. D- dramatology. Dermatology. Dr- Drum. I already forgot. Oh. I'm sure know. that, I mean, I'm going to listen we to this listen. while I edit. Yes. Yeah. But. Oh, love him. So, so much fun. Yeah, that was great. We love our fans. We do. We do. I'm oh, honored. Yes. You. He was honored. He's <laughs> like, yeah, we do. Do, do, do. Reality check. I was like, oh, thank you. If you would like to be one of our fan spotlights, please, please, please go to pier54podcast.com. There's a form for you to fill out to be a fan spotlight. We have about a half dozen that we still need to get scheduled, but we are 
can't guarantee, but we will try our darndest. Sometime within the next year, we'll get to you. Hopefully. <laughs> but thank you again to Rob and for spending the time with us. And thank you to all of our fans. It's I can't get over the fact that we have fans. I know. Even just our... Um, pipeline this week with so many people are like thank you for what you do like oh I my know. gosh you're welcome, like, you're welcome. <laughs> it makes us remember why we do it that's right. on the hard days <laughs> sorry that's my emmy speech uh, can you get an emmy for a podcast i don't think so grammy that's my grammy speech because it's audio so it should be there you go yes yes we can talk about our microphone difficulties <laughs> they're all the mic difficulties <sighs> we've persevered you know what there i will give it yes (laughs) all right so join us on monday as we recap this week's shows have a good weekend and we'll meet with the peer bye bye if you enjoyed today's show we invite you to go to peer54podcast.com to subscribe on your favorite platform don't forget to leave us a review and you can also follow us on many social media channels just search for peer 54 podcast also we are not perfect so if there is something that we missed or messed up just let us know by emailing us at peer54podcast at gmail.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.